Buddy Movies, starring Kid, Brother, and me. <laughs> what? <laughs> my buddy. My buddy. Is this like a 70s sitcom? My buddy right and now? me. No, it was like an 80s toy. <laughs> oh. You remember my buddy? Kid sister. Kid if, sister. If it was an 80s toy, there's no reason that I would ever remember it. Kid sister and me. At the turn of the century, I was seven years old. Weird. <laughs> Uh, my buddy was uh, a life-size buddy you could have as a friend, like like a. So it's like, like it's like a pre-blow-up doll, blow-up doll. Yeah, it's like getting kids used to the sad life of blow-up dolls by giving them my buddy, my buddy, my buddy, my buddy, and me's. Do you know what else gets kids used to the sad life of blow-up dolls? <laughs> the Savage Land. Set of numbers and letters and other alphanumerics that changes hourly forever. My last name, a thousand vowels, fading down a sinkhole to a susurrus. It couldn't just be John. Uh, welcome back to the Savage Land. We didn't really go anywhere, but welcome back again. Thanks for. Uh, <laughs> well, we didn't go anywhere, but they went. Somewhere. I bet you had a nice break. Hope you got some popcorn, some peanuts, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. A nice break from us. Maybe you went and got your blow up sex doll. <laughs> uh, and you can do stuff with that if you want to. I'll get mine at home. Yeah, totally. Um, anyway, who do we got? We got, uh, we got, uh, Jason and we got the returning champion MIA for so long, for so long, Mitch. All right. And our host, Matthew, um, really quick. I noticed, so I looked up that, that track shrunk by Aesop rock. Yeah. And in the search results, uh, is a track from Ant-Man titled honey. I shrunk myself. Really? Yeah. From the movie. Yeah. It's one of the score tracks. Oh, nice. (laughs) It's a good little title. Anyway. Um, proceed. How's, how's, how's everything, everythinging? Uh, everything? Uh, everything's fine. I'm fine. Everything's fine here. We're all fine. We're it's all been, fine here. How, how are you? It's been a big week for you, Matt. Has it? Yeah, it has. What did I do? You played Uncharted 4. Oh, God, yeah, I did play Uncharted 4. <laughs> how is it? That's right. That's what I did with my life over the weekend. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that game's pretty, pretty incredible. Cause last, on last week's show, we, we were, we were itching for the download. Yeah. You were like, Oh, it's got X amount of time. So, okay. So it downloaded and then, well, so no, it's the download started after we recorded uh-huh. and then I sat there and watched it when it said it had 40 hours left <laughs> to download my 45 gig, uh, the game, uh-huh. which was, uh, you know, not looking good for me. No, not at all. Uh, particularly because I had to go to work. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, they're doing this cool thing now where they kind of get the first chunk of the game so you can start playing. Oh, okay. You might not be able to get all the way through. Okay, yeah, that did. But, but you can start playing some of it. Battlefront did the same thing for me. Mm-hmm. And Metal Gear. Yeah, I did that with Assassin's Creed. Yep. So I played a, a little bit that night. Just kind of got the intro. And, and that thing is chock full of nostalgia. Really? Yeah. Is so I mean what what's the appeal of Uncharted? Because I, I literally have never even picked up the controller on an Uncharted game. Mm. It's like um, sort of the same appeal that you'd get from like a Lara Croft game, Tomb Raider. Uh, so jumping on shit and climbing around, shit. jumping off shit, being Indiana Jones, being in, basically being Indiana Jones, okay. solving puzzles, shooting dudes. What if they did like a, a crossover film with Indiana Jones, Lara Croft, and Nathan Drake? Well, so there's a character in in 
Uncharted 2, her name's Chloe, but she's basically Lara Croft. Oh, nice. Like, literally, like, pretty much Lara Croft. Is it the same studio, or are they competing studios? They're competing studios. Okay. So it's pretty kind of funny. Yeah. yeah Uncharted's Naughty Dog. Okay. Yeah. And, so. that's, and that's why they... Xbox did the uh, the the release of Tomb Raider for a year, the new Tomb Raider, before PlayStation gets it. That's right. Mm-hmm. To try to like market the oh, back, so that kinda... corner. But the thing is, PlayStation will get a, will get Tomb Raider, and Xbox will never get Uncharted. Hmm. So basically, what you're saying is Uncharted's better. Well, no, I'm not saying that because I, you know, Tomb Raider is a great series, and I've always enjoyed playing those. I've heard some good things. I know Rachel really enjoyed uh, yeah. the new Tomb Raider. So I haven't played the new one yet, but I played the the reboot one, and that was awesome. Okay, but no, I mean this Uncharted, this last Uncharted was a pretty fucking incredible game. I've I've like on my Facebook every single day I see like a new review of Uncharted saying it's like one of the best games ever. Or whatever. It's one of the best games of all time. Yeah, I would I would I would I would say that's an accurate. That's the thing with Naughty Dog, man. Everything they put out is yeah, just solid really gold. Good. Yeah, next they're coming out with uh, Last of Us Two. Yep. Oh really? Oh, and that's that's the one where you travel across the country with your daughter or whatever, yep. right? And okay. Like not a daughter, but yeah, she's a female companion. Okay. That, that's a little girl. It's not weird though. <laughs> a female <laughs> companion. That's a little girl. Sounds a little weird. Oh, I'm not gonna lie to you guys. No, it's not weird. <laughs> it's not weird when it's post-apocalyptic and you're saving her. Yeah. <laughs> it's not weird, guys. Because you, you become a father figure, not a creepy uncle. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. That, that, well, that makes it a little better. Yeah. Because, yeah, creepy uncles are never the uh, yeah, yeah, aspirational avoid, uh, avoid figures. Yeah, creepy uncles. <laughs> Father fingers are all right. That's, I think that should be the motto of our show now. It's like on, on the logo, we should just have, quote, avoid creepy uncles. Yeah. It's good. I think it's good. Yeah, it's come up before. Yeah, it's, it has. Um, uh, but no, there's a point in the game where it's kind of a fun callback where you you challenge your, uh, your partner to a game of Crash Bandicoot. Nice. Which was Naughty Dog's first game. Yeah, I love Crash Bandicoot. That's the only reason I know Naughty Dog is because I freaking grew up on Crash Bandicoot games. And so you have to play the first level of Crash Bandicoot. No way. In the game. So you boot up a PlayStation (laughs) in-game. And like you look at the TV comes up and it goes... That's meta as shit. Yeah, it's pretty great. Does the TV say Naughty Dog when it's booping up the game? Yeah. It it says PlayStation has the whole like PlayStation 1 sound. Yeah. Does the full everything, yeah. What was the PlayStation sound? Something like that? I can't remember. I think it was something like that. Let me, I'm going to find the PlayStation re- boot up sound. But that's really cool that they did like that weird, you know, they're like the Grant Morrison of game developers. Yeah, that's a fun little, that's a fun little, uh, fun little moment in the game. Yeah. Um, Mitch, what have you been up to? Oh man, it's been a while. Um, <laughs> Mitch, what's the catch up for the past In the time <laughs> that I've been gone, I finished the Dresden series. Um, oh wow. At least what's out so far. I've listened to Ready Player One twice. It's a good game. Um, I just finished American Gods for book. I've watched seasons one and two of Rick and Morty. I don't even know how many times. So good. I'm a bad parent because my kids are obsessed with it. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. Mitch's kids are just getting swifty all over the place. Yeah, they're just getting riggedy, riggedy wrecks, son. favorite episode, too, so... Um, do you walk in when they're in the bed and just like poke your head in and just say, show me what you got. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, that episode is fucking incredible. I start saying that and my kids will say it all day. It's ridiculous. Do you guys hear this sound? Hear it. Li- listen to this sound. Are you going through all of the PlayStation openings? Yeah. That was three, right? No, that was two. Here's three. Ready? You ready for it? You ready? Oh, three was like oh, wait, no, when, they was went, when they did the orchestra. Three is... Yeah, yep, the orchestra tuning. I like that one. 
It's a good little... Hmm. And four is simple, right? Four is just like... I think so. I mean, we're about to find out how simple four <laughs> is. Was that it? No, that was that was like the game startup for three. Because they have the system startup and then the game startup. Oh, uh, just a video with all the sounds? Yeah. And then, let's see. Here we go. Here we go. Wait. Nope. Still not. Yeah, oh, that's, it's... That's... What? Oh, yeah, that is. That that's is. the whole thing. Yeah, it's short. God damn that simplicity. <laughs> Sorry, I keep going, Mitch. You've been watching uh, everything. Yeah, watching everything. Um, oh, I'm trying to think what else. Let's see. So, Rick and Morty, you listened to the entirety of the Dresden Files. Yep. Fallout 4, American Gods, which that's, was amazing. That's one thing I admire about Mitch is when you follow down a rabbit hole, you you don't stop till you hit the bottom. Nope. Like I, for me, I'll follow down. I'll fall down a rabbit hole, and like I'll get like you know a couple of books in, or I'll you know do most of it. But I almost never finish anything. I don't know what that is. Maybe it's a commitment <laughs> issue. I should probably talk to a shrink about that. But like, but you talk to your ex girlfriends about that. Yeah, I should. I should talk to my ex girlfriends <laughs> about that. They'll have some choice words. Um, <laughs> uh, but no, I mean with you, like Rick and Morty, Ready Player One, Dresden Files, anything that that you like get into, you get fucking into fallout like oh, yeah fallout. i've been playing a ton of fallout really the dlc is so good and the next one comes out oh what day are we at tomorrow as when we're as we're recording, recording so this. today as you're listening yep um so i'll probably be doing that when everybody starts listening tomorrow. <laughs> oh is that the uh like uh uh yep, that, yeah that, 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 totally happens in a different map that's huge that's right. It's the where it's like a port, kind of with the boats yeah. and stuff. Okay, I'm done. Looks pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Matt just got tapped out. I'm out. Five, five minutes into the <laughs> recording, <I> give up. <laughs> Actually, it's probably ten minutes in. Um, well, that's tight. So, what? In now that you've read the entirety of the Dresden Files, which book's your favorite? Oh, that's a fucking hard question to answer. It is. Um, Either that, or you can choose to say some of the highlights for you. I don't think I could pick a favorite book. Okay, yeah, then I'm not sure I could. Um, I don't know. Well, I mean, there's the there's the obvious. I'll go with some of my favorite characters. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Murphy's great. Strong female character. She's so entertaining. Yeah, she's a badass. Dresden's obviously awesome. Um, Ramirez, I think that's his name. It was for it's been a few months, but which one? Which one's Ramirez? Um, he's the other, the one that killed Rachel. Amer or one of the other, um, like wizard police guys. Oh yeah, okay, I remember Ramirez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's cool. he's pretty entertaining. How he's tries to be a ladies' man, which is <laughs> pretty good. Um, I do too. <laughs> It's an amazing set of books. So. <laughs> and then Bob. Bob has got to be my favorite character out of all of them. He's the skull that, well, the spirit that lives in the skull. The that spirit that lives in the skull. Yeah. Yep. Huh. And he's he's a spirit of intellect. He Sounds likes like some X-Files exotic, shit right there. Or he likes romance novels a lot. Okay. And pornography. Yep. <laughs> That's trash. <laughs> romance, romance novels, novels and pornography. You know, it's, it is a, it's a pretty pretty huge time commitment to burn through the dresden books yeah because each one's probably give or take the shortest one's probably 10 hours exactly if so you're listening. and that's and like up to 17 or 18 hours per book yeah. if you're yeah if you're listening 
So it's a massive time commitment, but it is really one of the best sort of epic stories of all time. It's one of my favorite book sets of all time. Yeah, it's just by it's, far. I, I, it is. It's you kind of have to forego everything else and just get and like go just dive into those. <laughs> On the books, like they keep getting better. I mean, you can kind of see the author's evolution on writing from book one to where he is now it yeah. just gets better he does he's got his uh he's got his little formula down where he just can just shit out dressed in books although he's uh, not though yeah because we're waiting for the next one yeah now. is he is he george R. R. martining on this one no he's uh he's he's consistently like uh, every two years uh, okay that's uh that's kind of like what uh orson scott card's been doing with ender books lately oh yeah, it's just rough because you he, he's writing other stuff as well, and you just like stop writing other stuff and just finish the Dresden Files because <laughs> your other stuff's not that good. Sorry, bud. Really? No, he did a like a fantasy series that was not good, and then he did a he's just now he's doing the Dresden Files, and then when he's not, he's doing this like steampunk series that's just not very good. Anytime I hear the word steampunk, I go, that's something I'm definitely not going to like. You know, because I, I, I like the idea and the concept, but generally yeah. everything I read of, that's steampunky is just not great. No, it's because, yeah, it's it's something that's like visually interesting and the concept of it is interesting. But man, is it just a it's it's like this magnet for shitty ideas. No, totally. It's like, well, no, that's the thing. They're awesome ideas. Like I was reading. There's this little, shitty stories. Shitty, shitty, shittily, shittily executed. Yeah, shitty executed ideas. Right? No, the ideas are cool. Shitty executed <laughs> stories. Stories and dialogue are shitty, and character relations are always like trying too much to be Victorian and like this romantic Victorian. Yeah, because, it feels like a lot of neckbeards write that stuff. Nah, maybe I don't know. The one I read was about like these like large. They're it's called Leviathan, and they're these like airships that are living like like whale creatures that float around in space, and they. Like ride around on them and shit, and it's that's like that's saga level shit right there. Yeah, it's super cool, but then the story is just kind of garbage. <laughs> yeah, I really that okay. That's one visual I like. Speaking of flying whales, is any time that your story has blimps in it. I that that's that's one of those things. It's like the opposite effect of steampunk for me. Is that if your story has blimps in it, I'll at least give it a <laughs> shot. It's right. that's one of those things. I don't know why. I think it's Batman the animated series that did that for me, and Tim Burton's Batman. Just blimps, huh? Just blimps, dude. Just like blimps over a city, shining their little spotlights. Like, all right, that shit does it for me. I think we should bring back zeppelins, right? In real life, like, I think so too. That's, that'd that be is, so cool. That is one of the best moments in uh, Indiana Jones and in the Last Crusade when they're in the when they're in the Nazi blimp and they have to. And the guy's like papers, papers, and he holds up the newspaper, punches him, and then they have like him and Sean Connery have to go into the like. The biplane that's at the bottom of the blimp. Do you guys ever watch Indiana Jones? I yep. so <laughs> I watched it like as a young child, but uh, I have not watched it since you know being a, a human. The plane reminded me what you were talking about. And then they get in the plane, and then they're like shooting, and uh, Indy's flying, and Doctor Jones is has the gun. He's like Dr. shooting Jones. in a circle, and he shoots the tail <laughs> off the plane. The so the the last three nights in a row I've almost put Indiana Jones on because I'm like man I really need to watch Indiana Jones in my adulthood uh, adulthood so I can appreciate it, uh, but then I binge watched uh, the last few episodes of Mr. Robot season one since it's about to come back for season two. There you go. That's something I need to start watching. It's Fuck, been on my so list. Good. It like really quick just to I know I've talked about Mr. Robot a fuck ton before, but like the amount of just 
painstaking storytelling in this like the amount of detail that they have to put into every fucking episode and the amount of payoff to all these little nods and like um i i have one episode left in the season and this last episode was fucking insane the amount of shit that it like tied together and paid off so it's like i don't know like it it is unreal how detail oriented they have to be in that writer's room to to be able to continuously tell this cohesive story that always pays you know honors its own uh sort of little easter eggs or hints or whatever and every decision that every character makes at some point has a payoff and it's it's just it's fucking incredible like nothing is dropped there's no there's no plot lines that are just left hanging it's all in some way paid off and so i i fucking love it not only that but it's it's incredibly intelligent it's the anti big bang theory yeah i've heard good things about it outside of even you just from other people so it's damn good it's on my list damn good plus there's i mean it's it's got it's got not not regular cable language which is always fun. Feels a little more real. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, um, but yeah, that's that's my little Mr. Robot second. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you guys both watch Jungle Book? Not yet. I was going to go yesterday. You and watched didn't get it? a chance. Freaking good. It is good, huh? I finally watched it, and I, I was bummed out because like all the th- all the 3D times now are like before noon. <laughs> it's oh, so man. weird that they do that, right? I think it's probably because now they have like Civil War or something doing most of the night 3D shows. That's but. a good point. Um, but man, I was, I was really impressed the, so first off a weird observation I made and Rachel got all weird because I observed this, but man, that kid has no nipples. No, no. His nipples are are like the size of like a quarter of a penny. Hmm. It's weird. Um, and so that was like a little distracting, but okay. The Christopher Walken, good shit. Uh, obviously Bill Murray, freaking just 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 destroyed the world as baloo just made my heart melt in pieces and uh the other thing that i noticed is scarlett johansson like this this movie is kind of one of those things that is proof that studio marketing executives know that scarlett johansson is a box office draw because she was billed really highly in this movie and she has maybe five minutes <laughs> of of screen time yeah and kind of underwhelming too mm. that was the only part i didn't I just don't think she's she's not she's not the right choice. You didn't dig that? Nope, not really. But I dug everything else about that movie. Yeah, I, I actually kind of I don't know. I thought I thought her voice was fine. I mean, it was definitely very overproduced. But I mean, I guess since it was sort of a hallucination scene, it fit. Um, but no, I, I I thought Scarlett Johansson was okay. But she was I mean she was like third billing on all the promotions or whatever, and she literally has like five minutes. Yeah, if that. And so it's it's like I don't know. It's it's sort of a sign that they know Scarlett Johansson movies sell. And so I'm sure at some point this Black Widow movie gets made. Well, didn't they already confirm it? Uh, Kevin, they didn't confirm it. Kevin Feige said, we are committed to making it, but there, it's not in development or anything. Mm. Um, so it's going to happen though. It'll happen at some point. I'm sure it'll be like one of the phase four movies, um, which would be cool. Cause then get a few more characters that continue on from the first three phases. Sure. Um, no, but the the CG in that movie, the CG in that movie is really freaking good. I was it. It looked like it, was it shot in three D. I don't know. I think it might have been shot in three D because I watched it in two D and like parts of it felt a little like blurry. Um, mm-hmm. like parts of the the action and stuff like no, that. No, that's that's legit. I think they try. That's that was intentional. I think. Oh really? To have me. a little bit of motion blur. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think so. It always bugs me a little bit because I always feel like when CG is motion blurred, it 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 kind of looks a little bit too affected. You know what I mean? Your dog is going for like a slow mo. <laughs> Copper was getting all up on you. It was like super slow motion, too, like <laughs> coming for you. Um, but it was interesting. I mean, there were there were certain parts that I was like, kind of, um, so so on, like the the forest getting burnt down and and all that stuff. Like toward the end, there I was kind of iffy on it in terms of liking it and not liking it because then it was just like, hey, the forest burnt down, but we're all cool now because. We killed the tiger. Because the elephants <laughs> saved the day. Yeah. Well, I guess the elephant... But, I mean, at the same time, that's still... That was a lot of area that just kind of burned, even though they hosed it down. Like, still dead trees. Yeah, but fire is ne- necessary for forest growth. That's true. But, the, I okay, I did like the one line that Baloo had of, um, don't play with the red flower, or whatever. It's like a Smokey the Bear line. Oh, yeah. Totally. To me, it felt like just a... It, I don't know, it was funny. No, I, I thought it was charming. Yeah, that kid was good. He was a little stiff, but he was definitely good for a kid actor. Oh yeah, I uh, I, dug, I dug it. Have you guys been seeing all these mission report memes on Facebook? Oh the yeah, all the the Captain America yeah Winter Soldier memes. They're so funny. I dig those. There was uh, a <laughs> there was this one that was like things to say. Let's see, I'll uh, I'll pull it up here. It's it this made one me laugh right really here hard. is one that combines with Ant Man. It's like Mission Report December sixteenth, nineteen ninety one, and it's got the one guy um, that tells the long stories. I don't even remember his character's name, but he's like, <laughs> no problem. So I was at an art gallery with my cousin Incognito. Oh, Michael Pena. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So funny, Ignacio. I was in an art gallery with my cousin Ignacio. Um, okay, let's see. There was this one. I can't even find it. Doesn't matter. Who cares? Fuck it. Um, <laughs> I'm sure they're better on Facebook anyways. They are. Well, this, this one was funny. It was like things to say during sex. And then it goes through the, <laughs> uh, goes through the whole like command that they give Bucky. That's awesome. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Oh, come on. Fuck it. Jesus. Oh yeah. Hot things to say during sex. Longing rusted 17 daybreak furnace, nine benign homecoming one freight car. It's <sighs> good. It's good shit. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to try that out sometime. Should just see what just see what happens, unless I don't know. Well, because then after you say that, it's just ready to comply, right? I mean, you shut down ready. Oh, well. So then, man, that's what that's right. Some that's people it. people with some Bucky obsessions could get them to do whatever the freak they want. Dark dark path you could go down there. It's a dark path, especially with that metal arm. There was there was one <laughs> um, where when when Bucky is choking Steve, and uh, it's like. Steve, it's showing like the dialogue and Steve's like harder daddy and then Bucky's like what? <laughs> just like three lines of like blank dialogue <laughs> and then Steve just never mind <laughs> so dumb um, I saw the nice guys yeah you did I did freaking good yeah Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe are like this weirdly perfect pairing together um Obviously, it's it's you know Shane Black, and it's a very kiss kiss bang bang style movie of just like stupid idiots that can't seem to get anything done, but somehow you know get things done. Uh, and it, it was laugh your pants off funny. Oh boy! Oh boy! You better <laughs> buckle up those pants. Hannibal Burris makes a cameo appearance as a uh, giant bumblebee. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good shit. Like it's it's just 
It's one of those movies that you uh, you really like. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, you guys got any uh, any more catch up, or should we just start talking about shit? I've been watching a lot of Adventure Time. A lot of Adventure Time. Yeah. I've never watched Adventure Time. I just started it, and I'm three seasons in. It's pretty good. It's, it's great. Amazing. It really is. Justin Roiland plays uh, Lemon Grab, yep. right? Is he? Is 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 that? What's that? What's Lemon Grab? Lemon Grab's like a weird, just lemon. He looks like he has like kind a, of a dick. He has like a lemon drop for a head. Yeah, but he just it, like Lemon Grab's world is everything escalates. So he just like in normal talking, he just starts screaming. <laughs> okay. And there's lots of screaming going on with Lemon Grab. That sounds fitting. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty funny. Um, it's this, it's the same as uh, Meeseeks. It, no, it's not the same as Meeseeks, but it's the same as like when Morty screams. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, but it's pretty funny. He really for a voice actor. I mean, he's Justin Rowland's got some range, but he doesn't have an incredible amount of range. No, but he's got some like serious intensity going on. Yeah, well, and they're very unique. Yeah, you know, very very few people can pull off those voices. No, that show is. I, you know, because I started watching that show just because I, you know, someone said, oh, it's good. And I thought, yeah, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really good. Really? It's totally charming, heartwarming. Like, it's definitely a little kid show, but. But I, see, that's where I don't think it is a little. I don't th- I th- it's it. Little kids can absolutely It's innocent watch it. enough for yes. little kids. Oh, so, like Rick and Morty. And they're not trying to yeah. put things over your head, but it's deep enough that you can appreciate it at any age. So is it what? Give me like the uh, the elevator pitch, you know, just high concept. What's the appeal of the show? What's the appeal of the show? Um, uh, take a kid, give him a give him a shape shifting dog, put him in a weird fantasy world where anything can happen, and teach children the importance of saying yes. Not in a rapey way. No. <laughs> okay. Not in a rapey way, but in a, cool. just in a in a. In a Say yes to life. Say yes to adventure. Say the yes. call to adventure. Yeah, yeah. and that that fits the title. Say yes to dialogue. Say just say yes to what your what your potential be, could be. Be open to the possibility of, of of whatever the universe holds or whatever. Absolutely, and it's just it's 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 the same. I when I was watching, it, I felt the same that I did. I got the same sort of like good feeling that I did when I was a kid reading Calvin and Hobbes. Okay, just like yeah. this is so inspiring and it feels good to watch and it's like uplifting and total and it's <laughs> super funny at times yeah uh and just charming like kumail nanjiani's character oh i forgot he's in that show everybody's in that show you're hard pressed not to find somebody in that show okay i think keith david was on it the other day he was, was he really ah <laughs> uh, i was speak- watching on season three and there he was speaking of which keith david sighting uh in the nice guys keith david is like probably the actor with the fourth most screen time in that movie Plays like a mobster thug type di- type dude. Nice, really awesome. Some good Keith David <laughs> shit. Anyway, keep going. So yeah, you're hard pressed not to find anyone. Uh, in show. Camille Nanjiani. He plays like a he plays like this like mythic grandfather of time <laughs> character that's just a shadow on a wall. Okay, and uh, so it's got some of the most like that's the thing. Like I I think it's good for kids because it teaches them pretty abstract stuff. Okay, and it probably is pretty effective. It kind of Helping kids understand, not to be redundant, but abstract concepts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to un- understanding weird shit that they're not going to see every day, or like understanding emotional things visually. Well, and di- and the dialogue. I mean, the, like the conversation that that uh, 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 Finn has with 
Camilla Johnny's weird shadow god character thing mm-hmm. is pretty deep. Really? And it's cool. I don't think you're there. If you're only on season three, I don't no, think you're I'm there not yet. that far yet. Uh, but it's it's quite good, yeah. Okay. Is it on Netflix? It's on Hulu. Yeah, Hulu. All of them. So I got to deal with all the commercials, though? No. No commercials for Adventure Time. What? Yep. That's fucking awesome. I don't know, because I've paid for their no commercial plan. Oh. No, it's uh, 10 minute episodes. Huh. So yeah, they're pretty short, yep. so you can burn through them pretty fast. So it's not it's not a full twenty two minute episode. Nope. That's weird. They There's have, a lot have, of episodes have, per season. Yeah, they have mm-hmm. like thirty five or forty episodes per season. Hmm. But then they uh, they have multi part series every once in a while. With, okay. You know, overarching. But it's not in the style of SpongeBob where it's got two ten minute stories nope. inside a twenty two no. minute episode. Okay. I, maybe that's how they show it on when they show it on TV. Mm-hmm. But that's not how it is on Netflix okay. or on Hulu. But the thing is, you don't. I mean, that's the, that's the, the like the part of the beauty of the show is this, the stories don't get too overly complex. Yeah, I actually they stay, re- they stay quite simple. I really dig that. I love like lately. I've been watching a lot of short animated stuff, like five ten minute stuff. Yeah. Um, mostly because like we're working on doing some of that ourselves. Yeah. And so I'm like trying to get into that mindset of like really short form storytelling, especially for animation. No, it's excellent, this man. Be a I mean, good one for that. I, I I would highly recommend watching it. Huh. I watch a lot of kid, little kid shows because I have three wow. kids. Yeah. So, but I mean, there's not been very much that I enjoy until this one. I watch a lot of kid shows because I think my my mind is about the equivalent of three kids. So, you know, I that's it must my, be a mess. Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> um, my mind's a mess because of three <laughs> kids. Half of what I watch is cartoons. Actually, I still I watch Justice League and Batman and Young Justice all the freaking time. So good. So freaking good. Um, yep. And I just watched my David Attenborough nature programs. And you don't watch <laughs> Mr. Robot. Anything else. Ever. <laughs> Pretty much. Especially when I recommend it. <laughs> Man, you keep like, trying to, like, make trying me to feel bad. Yeah. 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 I days. No, I mean, I would like to watch that. There's some stuff I want to watch. I, I tried I, watching 11-22-63. Didn't like it? I read the book right before, or listened to the book right before, and it's mm-hmm. driving me nuts. I think I need to wait a little while to forget about the book, and then restart it. Dude, just hit yourself on the head really hard. I need to, because it's driving <laughs> me go. nuts. You get it. They fast forward so fast through the show that I'm like, slow down. You're <sighs> missing parts. Come on. I still have two more episodes to go, so I'm not sure. Have you finished it yet, Matt? What? Eleven twenty two sixty three. No, I never finished it. Okay, Got dude, it. I'm. I just. I'm, I'm. I'm done. I'm out. I'm. I'm bored with programs. Programs. <laughs> I'm bored with programs. All the programs. There's too many programs, man. Too many programs and too many films. Yeah, there. There are. Fil- all the films and films. programs. Films. <laughs> all the. All the. All the. All the. All the talkies. Well, because it's like you know, we. It's like this. It's like a culture now of consumption, right? When we're yeah. all trying to like. Hyperconsume. Hyperconsume. This like this idea of binge watching for like days on end, and yeah, yeah. I've and kind I, of been burned out recently, I, dude. I'm totally burnt out. They, I I want less, but better quality. Yeah, I've been uh, I've been watching tons of TV. Like when when I watched Mr. Robot was like this just two days ago. That was the first time I had actually turned on the little PC I have on my. Uh, TV that I used to watch everything. That was the first time I had turned that on in like weeks. Yeah. Um, Cause yeah, lately I've basically just been working on our videos and podcasts and stuff and writing. And then like 
watching little five minute cartoons. <laughs> like that's basically it. Yeah, it's kind of why I went to Adventure Time. Was I like wanted something simple that I could kind of just relax, didn't have to pay a whole lot of attention to, but could still enjoy. Yeah, sure. I uh, I started reading Star Wars Bloodline the other day. Yeah, what are you thinking so far? I'm like, I think I'm like six chapters in. It drags on at the beginning quite a bit. I, are you audiobooking it? Yeah. Yeah, so I am three hours in, maybe. Yeah, which uh, which chapter are you on? I'll, I'll figure out which chapter I'm on, too. Let's we, compare what chapters we're as on. As we pull up our Audibles, this episode's not <laughs> sponsored by Audible. Um, it maybe someday will be, because they're really easy to get a sponsorship from. Oh, shit. Um, <laughs> shit, shit, shit. Tell you what I couldn't I'm on chapter eight. I what, couldn't what finish, finish the Born Identity. Really? No. Not the book. Oh, the book? Yeah. The movie's great. I love the movies, but... Those books... Couldn't get drawn into it. That type of book I've never been able to get into. I read the Born Identity. I thought that was... I thought it was pretty good. Which it was chapter right. It then? just... It kind of dragged in the audio book form. I don't have chapters on mine. I have... I am one hour and 30 minutes into it. Yours doesn't show chapters? No. The fuck? It's not audible. Oh, it's not. Okay. Um, okay. So I'm. You're an hour and how many minutes? An hour and a half. Hour and a half. Okay. I'm past you then. I got a little bored. I was like, "Cool, Star Wars book." Wait a minute. It seems familiar. <laughs> I've been here before. <laughs> Senate meetings and trade negotiations. Yeah. Oh boy. So, so it seems like where I'm at, it seems like it's about to pull itself out of that. Um, but it's like that's. I mean. I'm on chapter eight. The story should be going by now. Like, yeah, there. I mean, there. So there have been a couple of little things here. It's like this Leia adventure with some senator and some some crazy things happen. But uh, yeah, I'm not sold yet. It's. I mean, the only reason I'm listening is to get to the part where it's like Han Solo and Ben Solo stuff that gives you some information. But I'm sure that's only like a chapter and a half of the if that. things. So who yeah. knows. I don't know though. Actually, there, there. I think they might tie in a bit more because there was just barely right where I'm at. There was like this big sort of uh, wrench in the storytelling that may have been the thing that leads to Han Solo and Leia becoming estranged. Hmm. Um, I don't really need it to tie into the movie, but I just want a good Star Wars story. And they're dumping all these books out, and they're just not great. Yeah, I, I have yet to read a really good book from the new ones. Comic books, on the other hand. The comics are fucking great. Run, running some solid gold out there. I know. I'm, I am running like a probably two or three months behind on oh, I'm totally, my Star Wars. I, I'm, behind, I'm as behind as you are. I stopped when the movie came out. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, we like burned through all of them when the movie came out, and then I don't know what's. <laughs> yeah, I think I still have one more issue of Vader down, and that's that's where I'm at. Um, still good stuff though. No, you know it's funny though. I get I say all that about this this world of uh, hyper consumption where we're you know everybody's expected to watch everything um <clears throat> when i just read like fucking 8 years worth of j michael straczynski's <laughs> amazing spider-man run did you did you give us uh did you finish that by the time we recorded the last episode i'm not sure but i did uh, i have finished it at this point overall what do you think i think it's the best spider-man run and that's a pretty huge statement yeah there've been some dang good spider-man runs yeah so it gave me, it it really sort of like it's you know it's the final days of Spider Man before uh, before he gets wiped. You know, I I I start I started putting it into that which will not be named <laughs> because the more I read this Straczynski and then a bunch of like 
Matt Fraction did a one-off of Straczynski's... Uh, yeah, like in the middle of his run. During Civil War, so while Spy is in the lamb, uh, after, you know, he, he goes, uh, he go, he's rogue, and it's like a little, like, Spidey and Mary Jane story, and it's like, absolutely incredible. I mean, Matt Fraction, solid gold. Mm-hmm. But, uh... I'm excited, side note really quick, I'm excited to see what he and his wife do with their TV contract. Because they oh, have like a sure. TV development that's contract right. now, right. him and Kelly Sue. Because um, I think right now they're not even writing any comics. Hmm. Like, I think they're fully devoted on that. Because Kelly Sue stopped with Captain Marvel. He, Matt Fraction stopped with Hawkeye. I think they're both. I think Fraction's just putting out Odyssey, and she's just putting out Bitch Planet, and then everything else I think is going behind their TV stuff. Okay, which is interesting. Anyway, sorry. All right. <laughs> uh. Anyway, so I don't know. I mean, I guess I would say that because it's just like. There's a lot of very cool stories in there. It deals with the, the it deals largely with the mythology of the spider in caps, and who is the spider and what is the spider. Uh, it's what very, do you mean? Like this idea of the spider, like Anansi was the oh. first spider yeah, god, yeah. and then this like there will always be a spider walking the earth. And did Peter Parker get his powers from a fluke accident, or was he chosen by the spider? So JMS takes kind of a mythological approach it's to it. It's much more mythological with it, and it's very cool. And then uh, Spidey ends up figuring out he's got more spider powers than he ever let himself because he never would let himself. Could Because part of becoming the spider is part of becoming a ruthless killer. Ah. Yeah, so there's some pretty fun stuff there. So he's kind of on that. He's doing that sort of balancing act. Oh, he gets dark. Yeah, it's cool. That's when that's back and black. Back and black. Back and black. Back and black. Uh, anyway, yeah, it's great. It's absolutely excellent. I mean, there's some other great Spider-Man stories that have been around over time. I mean, obviously, like, um, Craven's Last Hunt is high on the list of yeah best Spider-Man stories of all time. I started that not too long ago, but didn't get through it yet. Yeah, that's a good one. That was yeah. during Ramita Sr.'s run on it, wasn't it? I believe so. No, I don't think he wrote it, though. I think it was somebody else, but... Yeah, he was doing the art, though. He was doing the art, yeah. Yeah, that's that's all I remember from a lot of the the Silver Age stuff is artists. Yeah, and then Ramita Junior was the artist on Stravinsky's run. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep, it's kind of fun. But I love his art. He's such a great artist. Yeah, Ramita Junior does it, especially with Spider Man. He does a damn good yes, Spider Man. He does. The one thing that bugs me with him though is his freaking chins. I uh, hate his chins. It does bother me. It bugs me. Like when I when I go back and read Daredevil, um, which one was the one he did? It wasn't Born Again, was it? It was, was it Shadowland. No, he did. So he did uh, Daredevil with Frank Miller. Oh, the second time. Oh, sorry, I don't when, know. I don't know which one that was. Though. When he redid the origin, when he did the black costume and stuff like that, I can't remember the name. But oh, right, 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 right. right. When I read that, the art bugs me sometimes. And same with his his new Superman dude. Him and Jeff Johns worked on Superman together, and it was incredible. But man, Superman's chin is so distracting sometimes. <laughs> the way he draws it. No, but, uh, but he is good though. The point I'm point I'm getting to is, I now even stronger than I ever have in the past. Feel like Dan Slott ruined Spider Man. Absolutely ruined, wow. ruined, ruined Spider-Man. He ruined, he ruined, ruined him. he ruined him. <laughs> yeah, huh. it's like fully, fully, fully took Spider-Man and just threw him in the garbage. And even so, so is it sort of souring your opinion on the newer stuff too? Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. Yep. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, because you go for something that's so enriched. He's got this like this this like this this big tapestry of who he is. Mm-hmm. It makes me like the new stuff the the least. The new, the new where he's like Tony Stark, worldwide billionaire Spider Man, yeah. dude. 
that that is the travesty of Spider-Man. That's not who Spider-Man is. That's not Spider-Man. That's true. And it's not a good progression of the character. He, you know, he tries to make it up like, oh, this is, you know, now Peter Parker's finally made it, you know? It is, I mean... But, it, he, but he wiped it. He wiped it at brand new day. Once he wipes it at brand new day, the weight that Peter Parker may have had if he became this character that Dan Sladen made him mm-hmm. is gone. Yeah, because he starts over. He starts from... over. It's not as good. Uh, no, it wasn't good. It's What's interesting to me is that and it's it's a universe already overcrowded with technological geniuses who have made billions off of their ideas and and are also superheroes. Mm-hmm. And so making Spider-Man into one of those people was unnecessary. In a, in a world where Reed Richards and Tony Stark and Victor Von Doom and so I guess know, to be fair, Reed Richards isn't around in in the universe at the time because Peter Parker buys the Baxter Building in the new mm-hmm. Spider-Man. Yeah, FF are disbanded. Oh, that's right. They they. Yeah. Ah, fuck. P- point being, point being, uh, uh, Peter Parker's appeal is that he is an everyman. Yeah, right. That's exactly what I was going to say. And he's got we can re- people can relate to him, and nobody can relate to Tony Stark, and that's what makes him an interesting character because he's this eccentric guy. Yeah. But once you turn Peter Parker to the an unrelatable eccentric guy. He loses his value. You've lost the whole story. You've lost the whole story. You've lost the value, and it's, it doesn't. It doesn't have any connection anymore. And it's the same thing with Superman. I mean, you've know that Dan Slott's gotten death threats over Spider Man, right? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know there's a lot of people who hate Dan Slott for oh, Spider Man, yeah. and he's like, and I, and you know, this, so I went as soon as I finished up to brand new day again. I was like, all right, what's up with Dan Slott? And like kind of looking around on the line, it's like death threats to Dan Slott. Okay, that's a little extreme. Yeah, but there are like people are like get off the title and he's vehement uh vehemently ve- vehement on uh twitter like i'm spider-man for the rest of my life i will never leave spider-man he yeah he seems very committed to that bit yes it's unfortunate the thing is i mean eventually and here's the thing too with a new spider-man movie coming out soon um they're you know they're in development on it right now they already introduced this new spider-man that is very much different from dan slot's current spider-man <laughs> I bet you within the next two years it gets rebooted, new writer, new artist. Maybe. I mean, the problem with that, though, is it's like, you now you have this, like, you're already fucked, right? You, your option is to completely reboot Spider-Man. Yeah. Which is, which, which technically they just did six months ago. Yeah. yeah. But they rebooted him in a higher status than he They was. reboot him in a worse place, yeah. yeah. So they have to, like, how to reset that to have another brand new day, which is, like... They would have to do a Green Arrow thing where they where he loses his entire fortune and all that stuff. But that's like, again, frustrating because yeah. I don't care. Yeah. I don't care that he loses his fortune. He shouldn't have had it in the first place. Yeah. It's not his character. Yeah. I know. Anyway, that's t- is rough, yeah, that's man. Real. You should read. Uh, I, I really want to read. Um, obviously Bendis has been writing miles Morales now for, so I started the ultimate run. You started the ultimate run. Mm-hmm. What do you think so far? I'm only like three issues in, so I can't say. The art is really good, though, huh? I don't love it. Really? No. But I'm going to keep reading it. I Man, something about Sarah Pacelli's art on Ultimate Spider-Man, I really dig it. I, I guess it does have a cool sort of overall vibe, mm-hmm. but I think I, I think it'll sort of like grow into itself a little bit more, too. Yeah. Yeah, because I think that was the first comic she ever did, mm. so I think she kind of, it took a little while to do it, but now Bendis, like, he's he's said before, he's like, I will never stop working with her. Um, and even though they, she lives in like Guatemala or something like that. And so they, their only correspondence is over email. 
I think they met like one time at a convention. Um, but she apparently she's just like one of the best artists he's ever worked with in terms of like being able to understand the story and mm. like know exactly what he needs. Nice. Um, but I remember in in the Ultimate Spider-Man run, it was one of the first issues when he's very first like slinging on the the rooftops of the city, and there's this one huge splash page of him swinging above New York City and just looking out of that sort of skyline. And you see, um, like, I think the Triskelion is somewhere in the background and, like, all of that just sort of lay out of the city with him above it and, like, the sun shining on it. It's, like, one of the most beautiful pages I've ever seen in my life. Nice. Um, yeah, I really want to read the new Spider-Man run that Bendis continued Miles Morales with in the 616 Earth where Miles Morales is basically Peter Parker in terms of he's in New York City and he's doing all the regular Spider-Man stuff. No, that's why I started Ultimate because... I'll get there eventually. Yeah. And I can pick that up, pick that train up. And I, I dude, I, I, as much as I give Bendis shit, I dig Bendis a lot. I like Bendis too, man. I think Bendis does great stuff. Bendis did an excellent X-Men stuff for years. Yeah. Bendis the comic book writer? Bendis, yeah. <laughs> he did X-Men stuff. He did X-Men stuff? Yeah. yeah what? Brian, but Brian Michael Bendis did. Like, Bendis the comic book writer. Mm-hmm. He did. He writes comic books? He writes comic books. Yeah. So he wrote comic books with X-Men. Yeah, he did with, uh, he did like Uncanny X Men, X Men or Mutants. Yeah, the X Men or Mutants, the okay. ones, that, the mutants, and he created and Brian Michael Bendis, the comic book writer. Yeah, comic book writer Bendis. Yeah, he made a bunch of comics. He 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 made up New Mutants for it. He made up New Mutants. Yeah, he made up New Mutants for the comic book series. Brian Bendis made up New Mutants. Brian Michael Bendis, comic book writer. Comic book writer. He 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 made up New Mutants for the X Men series. The X Men series, New Mutants. Yeah, he made that up. Well, no, he just he decided he made up he made New Mutants for the New Mutants series because he's a comic book writer. Oh, okay, so he's a comic book writer that made New Mutants for the, the new series. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the thing is, like, it's a good joke, but I don't think anyone gets it. No, no one gets it, unless you've been <laughs> listening to every episode and remember that one episode 20 episodes ago where we made the where we found the internet meme about Bendis. Um, Man, that was clear back when I was on. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that was a long time ago. Um... Yeah, no, I, I, I really always have, have dug Bendis' writing on Spider-Man, whether it was Peter Parker or whether it was Miles Morales, and so I'm, I'm excited to read the new series because I think it's... Yeah, he's, I think he's good. He does, do, he does good stuff. Yeah. Um, no, I honestly, I, all, the, I've, all the new stuff that's been coming out, all the new X-Men stuff post-Secret Wars, yeah, post-Battle World, whatever, it's not great. Really? I'm not loving it. I mean, I'm sure there's some good stuff that's going to come out. Maybe it'll grow into itself. But I've found a few things that I like, but there's been a lot that I haven't. Yeah, I don't think it's. I need to go to the comic good. shop though. I've got a few months worth of comics just sitting there waiting for me. I haven't picked up my hold in a while, and it's 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 at that point now where I'm like afraid to go back in and and see the the price total. I mean, I only yeah. had like two series on hold, but that's about where I'm know. at. I was going to stop in there before I headed over here today, since it's right down the road, but. <sighs> And that we're like a week away from DC Rebirth, and I'm gonna have to go in and buy some new comics. And so I'm like, I'm, I'm afraid of what what I might find in terms of how many comics are sitting there waiting for me. Um, I am excited for Rebirth, though. I think everybody should go and pick up the Rebirth, like Rebirth number one. It's 80 pages for three bucks. Hmm. Oh, that's right. You're telling me about that. Do you have it? I don't have it yet. It's coming out next week. Oh, so we can't go pick it up. Can't go pick you it up. Yet. I mean, yeah, like next week. Too. Go pick it up next week. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah. Freaking 80 pages drawn by mostly by Ethan Van Skyver, written by Jeff Johns, introducing this new DC universe, and it's three fucking dollars. Like, hell yeah. That's awesome. Sign me the shit up. Um, speaking of Jeff Johns, so we've talked about before uh, 
many people are are much dismayed by the possibility of a Zack Snyder DC universe, right? I think that's like saying it in the nicest way possible. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's being very uh, civil about it. Yeah, there may be less reason to fret now. Warner Brothers just barely shook up their their DC uh, films area. They started a new branch of the company, much like Disney has Marvel Studios, aside from Marvel Entertainment. Hmm. There is now a branch of Warner Brothers just called DC Films, um, and they put two people in charge of it, basically in the Feige role. Uh, one of those people is comic book writer slash DC showrunner slash DC create, chief creative officer slash amazing person slash best t- Teen Titans writer ever, Jeff Johns, hmm. uh, who is also co-writing the new Batman movie. And then the other is one of the uh, Warner Brothers VPs. So now they have a person at the helm of Warner Brothers who does not believe in dark and gritty superheroes, who does believe in hope and and, and altruism and, and inspiration through superhero movies, and who does understand these characters and is a lifelong fan of them running the ship and deciding the direction that these films will go in. Yeah. I, you know, it's like, I, I'm super, that's really great news. Mm-hmm. And there's part of me that's like, oh, you're you're a little too late to the party there, bud. Maybe I mean, because they're 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 stuck with the foundation of BBS, right? Yeah, they no are. No matter what, like <laughs> yeah. they can't like they can't reboot. They can't reboot. They, it's they, true. They could, but that'd be a mistake. It's true. I think or though. Would it? I don't know. Yeah. Well, I, I think I think it's too late to reboot. I think they right. they have right. to go full speed. Right. But I think there will be. You know some some things that are good enough for them to make something really great. Like they could take BVS and and use the sort of you know uh, uh, mistakes that happened in that movie or the things that people didn't respond well and use them as storytelling consequences in future films. Um, you know and actually make that into something interesting uh, the way that BVS could have done with Man of Steel. Sure. Um, you know, and I and I think first of all, I think uh, Wonder Woman will probably be a fantastic movie that surprises a lot of people, and I think that may be one of the sort of cornerstone foundation things that they build from. Well, so how invested has he been up till now? Because it's kind of like they've already sort of they've already like probably <clears throat> done filming, right? With Wonder Woman, uh, he I know he was involved not super heavily, but he was pretty involved in Wonder Woman. However, Zack Snyder was not involved in Wonder Woman. Well, I'm not worried about that. I'm just saying like how much. Because if he's now taking this creative charge, but Wonder Woman's sort of already completed. Mm-hmm. Well, I know he was involved in the development of it. Yeah, he, so he can just start moving forward. Yeah, because, I mean, he is chief creative officer of DC Comics. Um, That's good news, man. I think that a lot of people are can probably be pretty happy to hear that, uh, We, I mean, for, for anything else, just to get it out of Zack Snyder's hands. Yeah. Well, and, and that's and, not to say he's not going to direct. He's still helming direct the Justice League films. Yeah, I mean they're they're already filming the first Justice League. There's there's no necessarily confirmation that he's still helming the second one, but he say. is. I mean, he is on the first one. But um, now there's someone else saying, "Okay, stop doing yeah. what you're doing and do something else." And I think this is sort of following. I think Jeff Johns actually has been very active behind the scenes because there was also the recent news that he and Je- and Ben Affleck have exclusive creative control over the Batman movie that mm-hmm. they're making, mm-hmm. which means that they do not have to, they, they don't have to compromise because Zack Snyder decides he's going to do something in justice league with Batman. Hmm. There is absolutely nothing they have to answer to anyone else on creatively. Well, that, that, that could bode not well though. Cause you still want the stories to mesh. Well, right? they'll mesh, but it's, it's basically what that means is that, if they have a conflict in storytelling or in continuity, Zack Snyder has to move. 
Oh, okay. You know, so they, they're getting mm. first billing. They're getting preference. That's good. Which I think is really good. And then following that, now is the news that he's basically Feige. I wonder how, I wonder what it, like, what, what's going through Zack Snyder's mind right now. Like, I guess you don't really know, but it, like, is he like. People don't get it. You think so? I think so. You think he's like, nobody understands my genius. Yeah. I think that's exactly what it is. <laughs> in all honesty. And and that's not that's not a slight against sex. I mean it kinda is, but like I think that any artist has has that opinion. I mean, there there are certain artists who will go, Well shit, I, I messed up and, and you know, I did something that, that people didn't respond well to and, and so I should try and fix that. And then there are other people who go, Oh no, I did it right, they just didn't understand it, so now I'm going to try and, and do the same thing but a different way and make them understand that and i think that's exactly what bbs was yeah sure well mitch what did you think of bbs yeah we never got your thoughts on it i walked in kind of like i'm gonna keep an open mind and Mm -hmm. i walked out and i just didn't give a shit i didn't care about any of it and so i was disappointed i thought wonder woman was badass hence why i'm rocking the hat but Outside of that, I just I didn't care at all. I thought there was a little bit of plot holes. I thought that they maybe pulled a few storylines a little bit too early, and it kind of disappointed me. Yeah, I I mean I'm higher on it than than a lot of other people are, mostly because it's exciting just to see these characters on screen for yeah, me. I think like that's what a lot of the people that were excited about it it was was oh you got Batman and Superman on screen together. Mm-hmm. And so they were like, yeah, but yeah. And they're, you know, I, I mean, I think the, the, the sort of the clay there, you know, or the, the mold was, was pretty good in terms of the story they wanted to tell, but they ran into two problems of a compression, you know, having to fit that story in and, and, but them not wanting to drop any of their plot lines and then B tone. I mean, plain and simple, the tone was just off. Yeah. Tone was whack. So crack, crack is whack. <laughs> Um, but so, I mean, speaking of DC, we've talked before about their, uh, their approach to film and TV, keeping them very separate, doing somewhat of a multiverse approach. Uh-huh. Um, now you guys saw the, the comments that Chloe Bennett, the, uh, who plays Quake from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. said about, uh, Marvel TV and Marvel film, right? Yeah. Basically her contention is that she feels like the Marvel filmmakers and the Marvel Cinematic Universe disregard the TV show, uh, whereas the TV show is beholden to the cinematic universe. Oh, and she's not wrong. She's not. No, I think that's accurate. I mean, you know, there's definitely like, uh, right before Civil War, are you caught up on S.H.I.E.L.D.? I'm not completely caught up. I'm like two behind. Did you watch the one right before Civil War? Um, I don't know date wise. Okay, so they did one right before Civil War. And it like uh, didn't really try it too hard to tie into the rest of the. But there was one part where the bad guy. Uh, do you, this is Hive? this might be spoilers. I don't think Jason cares, but no. Grant Ward, who has become Hive, says to Quake something along the lines of. This is what happens when you have a man in iron and a, <laughs> and, a, and a fighter of justice. They'll eventually go to war. At, totally out of context. There's no reason he should be saying it at all. <laughs> Fuck. Just totally smashed in there. It was really dumb. I don't think I've seen that part yet. <laughs> yeah, it's dumb. But then they, they are dealing with some Sokovia Accord fallout with the Inhumans and stuff. And it's like, it, you're right. It's, it's, it's kinda, it does add some stuff to the 
to the TV show that's kind of fun to kind of mix them up a little bit, but they need to go both ways. There are moments that, uh, I don't know, just seem so pointless for the show to. I almost wonder if that happen. points to. I mean, there's been rumors that we might not get the Inhumans at all in the MCU, and I kind of wonder if that's starting to point to that direction. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, I just think they need to. Here's the here's the other side to it though. It's like I see your point, but there's also like you wouldn't have the stories you have if like Thor showed up and just finished it. Oh yeah, because Thor could just yeah. show up and finish it. Yeah, well, and I think I think it's it's sort of a two way street of like yeah, you, you know, it presents a storytelling problem for for Thor to just show up out of nowhere, but then it's also like you know why why in Captain America Civil War doesn't one of the agents of shield characters, you know, walk by on scene or get referred to, or, you know, why, why isn't Phil Coulson there? Things like that, you know, like it's like shields isn't like technically dead in that world. Nobody even references it anymore. Exactly. It's a little frustrating because yeah, obviously they are there. Yeah. According to them. Cause that's the thing is, is according to the films, they, they don't fucking exist, you know? And, and especially now that they're not even in, they're not even run by the same branch the, by the same yeah. company marvel studios and marvel entertainment are two different companies and it seems like you can tell a difference in the show from when that point hit oh totally so yeah once, I, I don't know i mean i i guess they could try to have like shield just be the sort of like the the, the but i mean it's, it's kind of the same thing that happens with the netflix stuff like yeah pretty, well pretty i'd really too. like to see the i know Netflix that tied in more than i care to see agents of shield at this point. well sure but i mean i guess i know shield is sort of like a little bit more of an important organization than daredevil fighting crime in hell's kitchen yeah, yeah. well but that's the thing is like with both of them because it, it does seem with her perspective it, you know she's basically saying the film guys don't care like they they just don't care about our shows and i think it's the same whether it's daredevil or jessica jones because you hear you know like marcus and mcfeely talking about daredevil or talking about jessica jones and the possibilities of, of crossing over and they've basically shot down all those rumors. They say no. Yeah, they, right. they don't they don't vehemently just go right away, no, it's not gonna happen, but they go, Well, we we haven't really found any sort of opportunity that would that would justify it, or you know, basically in so many words saying, Yeah, we're not gonna do that. And it's like So I mean to to some degree I get that. You wanna tell the the big story, right? You wanna tell the name brand story. And like, what are you gonna do? Like have uh you know, <laughs> Ultron punch Mm-hmm. Captain America into Hell's Kitchen. He like and Daredevil digs him out of the rubble and says, "Go get him, cop." Like it's not necessary for storytelling. It's yeah. cool, and I, you know you can throw Easter eggy stuff in there, but it's well, just but a- look what they did with Ant Man. Like that movie came out. Um, let's see, probably about three months after the Sony deal was completed, and in that movie they had a reference to Spider Man. You know, just an offline thing of Michael Douglas saying, oh, kids crawling up walls or whatever the hell, you know, like they don't even do that in, in these movies. And in Civil War would have been a perfect opportunity to do that. You know, they could. <laughs> oh, have, I see what you mean. Like you could have had like just a scrolling list of like Matt Murdock. And, yeah. Or like somebody well, don't saying, know who Matt, they don't know yet. But yeah, they don't know. Daredevil. Well, yeah, but they're I mean, they're talking about consequences of superhumans. They could have even just said, yeah, there's a, a super strong woman and an, an impenetrable man somewhere in New York right now running amok. Like, sure. You know, offhand lines that could Easter easily egg in there. Yeah, they don't even have to feature actors, but they just do not make reference to it at all. 
I think you'll probably see more as it goes as time goes by. I hope so. And I mean, and that's I guess that's the thing that she's sort of like a little outraged about is I'm sure a lot of these actors sign on for this show like, oh, cool. There's a possibility of of being involved in, and connected in this bigger it's in universe. The contracts. Yeah, like isn't it in, in uh, Daredevil's contract? Well, who was it? I can't remember his name. Um, uh, Charlie Cox. That like he's required to show up yep. in any Marvel movie. Anybody on any Marvel TV property is contractually obligated to appear in Marvel movies yeah. if they are called <laughs> upon. Yeah. And so yeah, it's an option they have. They just have not taken it. And so it's kind of one of those things where you read that and your lawyer reads that and tells you, hey. You know, like, yeah, you're obligated, but also that's a huge opportunity for you as an actor. Um, and then now I'm it's... I'm not sure, like, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a little bit different than the other ones where I'm not sure most of the acting is on par with some of it. It's either. not on par, but they do have it in their contracts. I don't, th- but I don't think, but I, I don't know, man. I, I, I think that there's, there's something about uh, how TV shows are directed. Yeah. I don't think it has any statement on whether or not the actors' chops are good enough. Yeah, because I think you could put those actors probably in those those Marvel movies, and their I think chops there's definitely just some that you could. Well, all any anyone from the Netflix shows could show up in a feature film oh, yeah. and, and just be fine. The Netflix shows, I think, would be great. But... I think you could stick any of the the Shield guys in there too, and they'd be okay. You just you know. You, you direct them in a different way. Yeah, you've got more time. You build the, you know, and you, you well, yeah, be all right. Because with t- with TV direction, a lot more of it is up to the actor yep. than it is in film. Because <clears throat> TV directors hop in and hop out. You know, they're they're interchangeable players. Because that's what I mean. And they, and they don't have enough. time. They don't really quite have the time s- s- schedule to, to uh, go to Not do totally. it. Sense. It's really yeah. spend the time to make it right. TV. Each episode of a TV show is filmed and finished within a week. Yep. Mm. So you know. That might not be the best take, but that's what you're getting. Yeah. Whereas if you stuck uh, Quake into an MCU movie, I'm sure she would just be awesome. Yeah. I think because I think she's already awesome. I think she would she'd be pretty great in the show. She's like definitely one of the highlights of the show. Yeah, she is. Yeah, I. She's cool. I I wonder though if after this type of stuff, if that's going to affect her chances of possibly having that interplay. I want like I wonder if ABC and and Marvel are aggravated about it. <laughs> it also I don't know I mean they're, they're canceling Marvel shows left and right well and that's that's so that's the other thing I was going to bring up it does Yo, sign seem the petition to get eh. Agent Carter on Netflix the thing is Haley Atwell's already busy with another series I mean there's yeah, no way I, she could film both no I, there's more important things Netflix can deal with I mean not to yeah. say Agent Carter's not cool but eh. I haven't finished season two and I've heard it ends on a cliffhanger yeah I don't know sorts. sort of not really not I really. so I uh what it seems like to me is that ABC no longer has any commitment to Marvel properties because not only did they uh, cancel development of Marvel's most wanted, they also canceled development of damage control and they canceled agent Carter, but now they moved agents of shield to a less popular time slot and they're trying to, they're trying to spin it as a positive. It's not positive. It wasn't getting good ratings already. Exactly. And now they're moving it to Tuesday night at 10 Eastern. Which is a that's a dead slot, especially because that slot competes with the Flash. This, mm-hmm. I mean, I think that is a move, honestly, to drop the ratings low enough that they will not have any problems canceling it after next year. Huh. That, that's what it feels like to me. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, and I think that that's a good. I mean, I I don't know. I think it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Get it off network TV. Network TV sucks generally anyway. Yeah. Um, and let put it back like let netflix take full control over any sort of s- serialized stories you want to tell 
Yep. Uh, and let them start churning them out more. Yeah. Uh, no, I would be. I would be perfectly happy to have all of them go over to Netflix. I mean, I'm sure they make a billion dollars off those Netflix shows, right? Oh yeah, the Netflix shows are really profitable. That's why you keep seeing them cropping up left and that's right I mean. so for like season renewal. Yeah, so and I, I don't think those that's going to go anywhere. So just keep no. that train rolling. <laughs> yeah, no, I I totally agree with you. Um, and I think the hard part is that there there is an intrinsic flaw in trying to make a television show that's that interconnected with these films because it just it's it's hard to keep it cohesive, especially if you have no communication exactly yeah if you're in yeah. separate branches of a company you know i mean they're not even in separate branches of marvel they're in separate branches of disney you know they they don't even have the same bosses i would assume i bet you that if it doesn't do successfully and they still want to do inhumans they'll just say agents of shield never happened oh yeah here's a new one here's our here, we're just erase that and here's our new inhuman story after it gets canceled i would be absolutely shocked if anything from that show has any life past that in terms of canon yeah, in terms of canon, in terms of actors, in terms of any of that, I I, I guarantee it gets swept under the rug. Okay, Clark, I mean, Coulson's already dead. Yeah. Because even, dude, even Joss Whedon disregarded that show, and he helped create it. That's so weird. <laughs> it's like, and his brother is still working on it. Like, yeah. But he was like, nope, nope, in my universe. Like, because he even said, in my movies, Phil Coulson is still dead. No matter what, he will never come back. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it doesn't make sense. Um. But yeah, so I mean, it's interesting and it is an interesting look at the way that network TV works and sort of this experiment of interconnecting these universes. And I think Most Wanted probably would have been a more interesting show than Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. because it would probably be less beholden to the movie canon. But at the same time, it still just does have that flaw of A, trying to tell a story bigger than its format and B, just, yeah, just not be like not being able to keep it cohesive in the same universe with both those properties. Yep. So it's interesting. Um, but I guess we'll have to see how it all shakes out. I just know that. No, I, I honestly, I'd say props to her for standing up for it. Totally. You know, I think that, 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 that crew seems like they're super passionate about what they do and they want it to keep going. And maybe that's, maybe, there the, is maybe a lot this of good stuff. In it. Yeah. So maybe this does breathe some, some life back into, I hope so. Either bringing agents of shield, uh, more popularity or, you know, pulling a uh, every other show that gets canceled and having it switch over to netflix i know dude i'm sick i'm sick of petitions honestly <laughs> everything has a petition now especially when show gets canceled like no matter what show it is there's always a petition for it, and it like it, it it devalues it when everybody's petitioning everything none of it matters like yeah. it, I agree. it's dumb it's it's really dumb because like there was a time and i'm and it'll still happen every once in a while but there was a time when doing things like that and being like yeah we want to bring community back or we want to bring you know arrested development or whatever back that had weight right but then it it literally now just happens with everything and like and i don't think they listen anymore you know young justice was close to getting a season three from netflix just a few months ago but then there was like as that petition was getting signatures of like oh we need a season three another one cropped up from somebody else that was like they're probably not going to do season three on a tv show but we should sign this petition to get them to do it in a comic book and then what that person didn't realize is they already did that they did a young justice season three in a comic book and nobody fucking read it and so then to the studio execs they go hey um we probably shouldn't listen to these petitions very much because look at this guy he's supposedly a a huge fan of this and all these people are signing this to get it renewed as a comic book right and none of them know that that already fucking happened two years ago like 
So obviously they're not going to be invested in whatever the fuck we do. So let's not listen to these petitions and just do whatever we think is best, which I mean, I don't, I have no problem with, but like stop with the goddamn petitions. No, I don't think they do anything at all. Like fucking a dude. I I mean, I'd be very surprised if any petition, if anyone was like, you know what? We changed our mind because, uh, 300 nerds (laughs) wanted us to. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, I know agent Carter got tons of signatures, but the other thing is too, the signatures surpassed the amount of regular viewers. And so it's another indication of, like, these people are just writing their names on a goddamn piece of paper. Oh, uh, they're just downloading it for free, so what incentive does that have for us to do it? Yeah. Totally. You know, why, yeah. why you're not paying us. At the same time, You just want to get, you want the content. Yeah. The piracy, the piracy rates on Netflix are much lower than piracy rates for network television, only because, you know, it's an easy subscription model. And everybody so, has, everybody, yeah, why yeah, would you pirate Netflix. Netflix shows? And so, that, that is, Netflix has in, in, in some way subverted piracy as much as you can. Yeah, but yeah, sure. But like, let's take Agent Carter. You know, I guess yeah. there's Hulu. Yeah, but I don't know, man. I mean, like, it's anyway. Yeah, fuck the petitions. Um, Steven Spielberg recently came out and talked about what his favorite superhero movie was. I saw that. We all saw that. The world saw that. Yeah. <laughs> I dig it. It's 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 slightly it's, surprising. It's I, it's nice to see. I'm not surprised in the slightest. Really. Nope, not even at all. I would have thought a guy like Spielberg would be like, oh, Captain America. Nope. No? No, man. Spielberg is all science fiction and adventure and the fantastic. I just think since he always revisits that era, that Captain America would have... uh, Oh, World War II? Yeah. Uh, That wouldn't have... Because that was a... I mean, you know. Yeah, it was a crappy movie. I know know Mitch likes that one. (laughs) I love that movie. (laughs) I will defend it. Uh, It's the one that's bred the best two sequels. Hmm. I don't know if bread is the right way to put it. I think it's had two great sequels, but I don't I don't so think that, that movie the had filters any. filters on it are great. <laughs> but no, I I, I think, like the feel of it. I think that uh it doesn't surprise me in the least that he likes Guardians of the Galaxy more than anything else. Yeah. Is okay, so since we started recording the sun went down, is my face like illuminated right now by my screen? Yeah. This cuz it feels weird cuz I cannot see your two faces for shit right now. Oh really? Like I can see the the silhouettes of of yeah, your it looks faces. Like you're telling a spooky ghost story. <laughs> Ready to take off here. In a second. Yeah, no, we're we're actually just about at uh, at our at our uh, length here. Um, spooky story. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, that's that's pretty much. Uh, no, I yeah. I mean, I don't think I have anything else. I I haven't. Uh, you know, I haven't been doing much else other than reading comics and. Listening to music, and really, uh, really quickly before we leave, I do want to acknowledge uh, Darwin Cook passed away from cancer this week, um, and uh, dude was a freaking legend. I mean, if you read DC New Frontier or his run on Catwoman or Parker, isn't New Frontier considered like one of the best of all time? It, yeah, it is one of the greatest superhero comics I've ever read in my life. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a straight up just homage to the beginnings of the Silver Age in comics. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also a sort of a love letter to the Kennedy presidency and the new and the New Frontier, mm-hmm. which is you know the speech that Kennedy gave. Yep. Um, hell of an inspiring story. Darwin Cook's art style is instantly recognizable. I mean, it's it's and it bred one of the best animated adaptations that I've ever seen. Yep. Um, I mean, guy was just a legend, and if you if you read his works, anything the dude touched was was pure gold. Um, all the way up until until his most recent work, which was uh, he did a line wide um, cover art in March for DC, and uh, so 
for that month, all like 50 books that they released or whatever had a variant cover done by Darwin Cook, and every single one of them was top freaking notch. I think I bought 10 or 11 of them, and I have them all hanging up uh, in my room. But they're, they're, I mean, he's just such a an uncompromising creator and somebody who always chose to tell stories that could inspire people and, and really make people excited about reading comics. Um, and, and it's a shame. I mean, he was, you know, 53 and, uh, that's pretty young. It's pretty young to go, but man, if you, uh, if you get, uh, if you get the time sometime soon, go and pick up new frontier, pick up some of his Catwoman stuff, even watch the new frontier movie. Uh, he just, you know, it drenches with love for superheroes. It drenches with love for for pulp action and comics and and just just the medium in general. Yeah, that's very cool. So he uh, he was a great creator and and one of those people, you know, I mean, he inspired Bruce Tim. His art his art was a huge inspiration behind uh, the whole Bruce Tim animated kind of universe thing. And they uh, they both sort of have that same type of love for that that medium. Um, but anyway, uh, well wishes to to all of Darwin Cook's family. Um, I know that if you go, uh, if you just search on Google for Darwin Cook's blog, they do have uh, a spot on their most recent post that uh, shows an area that if you'd like to, you can give donations to uh, to the family uh, for funeral costs and things like that. Because you know, being a comic book creator was never never the the profession you go into for riches. Um, but Mon- yeah, monetary riches. Exactly. Yeah, creatively it was soaked in riches. But anyway, uh, so rest in peace to Darwin Cook. He was a He's a freaking legend. Um, anyway, Matt, uh, where can the people find us on social networks? Oh, God, I don't know. You have to say those things. <laughs> <laughs> Facebook and Instagram, at Savage Land Podcast. And actually, we will now have all of those links in our show notes. Um, but Facebook and Instagram, at Savage Land Podcast. Twitter, at Savage Land Pod. Um, and for our YouTube stuff, just uh, search That Might Be Cool, all one word. Uh, how do you want to send these people off? Um, with, uh, light and, uh, joy, uh, for all things that we like. <laughs> <laughs>